We've been looking at uh, the story of Christ's arrival into the world through our series, The Most Dangerous Time of the Year. And we've been looking at the danger that we see in each of the stories that we're listening to. And so last week we talked about Joseph and Joseph, the danger that he faced. And we're going to touch on that again today because we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus's mother, Mary. Uh, But we were challenged last week with two questions. We asked one, who is going to influence your life? Two, we asked the question, are you going to come up with a plan when it comes to living out God's principles and truths in your life. And uh, we were challenged just to get in his word, be in his presence, and to, to listen to what he has to say and to act upon that. Because we can read and we can get a lot of head knowledge, but if we never put it into action, guess what? Means squat. So uh, I, I thought about interruptions. How many of us love interruptions? I know I don't. Um, <laughs> I remember as a, a, you know, as a young parent and there were times, you know, when, when the kids were young and just always coming and coming and it was nice that they come to you, but it gets frustrating. And why are you asking me the same question? Or as a parent, uh, the one word that used to drive me nuts after the seventh time it was asked was why, <laughs> why, you know, be, and then I would say, because it's a crooked letter. Why? Because I said so. Why? <laughs> yeah. And so we get interrupted in life, don't we? And, and sometimes it, it kind of rubs us the wrong way and it doesn't go with what we have set up or our schedules. Have you, has your day ever been interrupted? Yeah, where, you know, you just, uh, as a good friend of mine would always tell me, you never know what you're going to wake up to. You never know what phone call you're going to get. And, and it's so true. You just never know these things. And, and the reason why I share that is that when we look at the story of Mary here in our series, we're going to see that her life was interrupted. If you think about it, Mary's life was interrupted. Joseph's life was interrupted. Tomorrow at Christmas Eve, we're going to see how some shepherds' lives were interrupted. But we just want to take a few moments together to take a look at this story of Mary and how her life was interrupted. Uh, with, in your Bibles, we're at Luke chapter 1. Uh, last week, we're in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew was the f- is the first book in the New Testament. You just go a couple of books over, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 26 through 38. And uh, I'm going to start off by giving you the first point in your notes. If you're taking notes, we're taking a look at God chose Mary. That's the first thing we see. And I'm going to read that passage of Scripture to you here in just a moment. But in your notes, God chose Mary. Let's take a look together. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it said, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So we see that there was a messenger of God that showed up on the scene to Mary. If you remember from last week, that in that day and in that time and in that culture, girls would, would um, uh, around the age of 12 to 14, get married. 
to men who were probably around 16 to 18 years old. And so that just doesn't seem like normal in our day and time, but we have to go back and think of it in that culture's mindset. And so the angel of God, a messenger of God, just like with Joseph, showed up on the scene and meets up with Mary. And what, what we see is that the angel of the Lord is saying, listen, God's presence is going to be with you, Mary. And he's going to guarantee that he's going to help you to accomplish what he wants to do in and through you, literally and figuratively in and through you. Are you with me there? And so we see that, that the angel is setting up the scenario. She said that Jesus is going to come through Joseph's lineage, the line, the line of David. If we remember the, the line of David, the line of David, if you look in the beginning of Matthew chapter one, is going to lead to the birth of Christ. All right, so there is a lineage that is, is important here, not just a physical lineage, but an eternal and spiritual lineage that's going to happen. You have to understand that. And what the angel is doing is, is he is giving Mary high honor. Her name is like Miriam in the Old Testament, which literally means exalted one. So the angel approaches her and says, listen, you are highly favored. And if, if we're Mary in this moment, we're probably thinking like, am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? Like, if you think about it, like for a, a person who was Jewish, they had uh, all a fear, a respect of God. And so for an angel to come to her, she may have thought, uh-oh, my time's done. But as we can see here, her time is just beginning uh, in her young life. The angel is, what is he doing? He's reassuring her that everything's going to be all right. You ever have somebody tell you, like in the midst of chaos in your life, and when your life is interrupted sometimes with things that you're not pleased with, that somebody comes around you and just says, it's going to be all right. Even though you may feel like it ain't going to be all right, but it's going to be all right. This is what we're seeing here. The messenger of God is saying, it's going to be okay. And the word, the word favor, it says that God, you have been, you're highly exalted. You, you've been found in favor with God. In other words, favor, if you look, you look at the definition, it's there's grace. Grace was being extended by God to Mary. If it was, I don't know if it was Mary, if it was up to her, maybe she would have been like, mm, nope, thanks. But God said, I want you to be a part of redemptive history, just like he did with Joseph, as we learned last week. And uh, what's, what's great is, is that the angel goes on to say, hey, here's the thing. Yes, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to name your son like Jesus. And we learned last week that Jesus is one that is what? To save people from their sins. So Mary's family, Mary and Joseph's family, is going to be one that changes and alters the course of history and eternity. Isn't that beautiful? And listen, for you and I, here's what we can know when God, when God picks, picks us. In other words, when God taps us on the shoulder and says it's time to do something great, right? Romans 8, 28 says, for we know that in all things God works for the good. Didn't say God works good all the time, right? But he works for the good. So whatever you think may be a bad and difficult or an interrupted situation, God's saying, I'm going to work it for the good. Why? It says of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so we see that there is a special grace, a favor of God being found in Mary. And so for you and I, when our lives are interrupted and we begin to fear what God will do is he assures us. Think about that for a second. When, when we need to let go of things, God says, do not be afraid. When we, when we make big life changes, God says, don't be afraid. When we have difficult conversations that we need to have, God says, do not be afraid. 
when we, uh, when we take on things that maybe that have been neglected, God says, do not be afraid because he's with us and he's for us. And so that's what we see. Not only did he tell Joseph, do not be afraid, he tells Mary, do not be afraid. So if you notice that there's a fear, there's an assurance, and then there's an assignment. Isn't that exciting? So, so we see here that for you and I, with God's grace, we have the means to overcome anything that comes our way. So that is, is truth that we can hold on to. In your notes, the second thing we see here is that God answered Mary's curiosity. God answered Mary's curiosity. Especially, well, I remember as a parent back to um, when, if, if there was a gift that was purchased for one of our children that acquired assembly, and you look at it, and you look at the diagram, you're going, I have no clue how this is going to happen. Because they give you one of those little Allen wrenches, <laughs> I mean, Allen key and maybe a little wrench, and then you're, it doesn't look like what the box shows you. It's like a Pinterest fail, you know what I mean? So, but, but let's take a look here, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked, the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Wow, how reassuring that is. So it goes from she was startled, a little bit of fear, don't be afraid, you're highly favored. Oh, and by the way, let me let you know, you're, one of your relatives is going to have a child. And if you're not too familiar with the Christmas story uh, in the Gospel of Luke, the child that was going to be born is named John. John was the, the forerunner. In other words, he was the one that was preparing the way for the Christ to come. He's the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, yes. And so with the curiosity, why, why did God answer Mary's curiosity? Think about this. As a Jew, Mary would have known that there was a Messiah that was told of that was going to come into the world. But do you think she ever thought it was going to be through her? <laughs> Messiah's coming. Oh, it's going to be you, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Wait, what? What's happening here? You know, um, and, and so what we see is her response was of curiosity. How? Okay, okay. So angel, hold on a second here. How is this supposed to happen if I'm not like um, with Joseph? If you know what I mean? Think about that, right? How is this going to happen? Where the contrast to it, if you look at Zechariah in the beginning of Luke chapter 1, when the angel approached Zechariah, he had doubt. And then his mouth was shut. He couldn't speak, right? So I thought, wow, how powerful that is. One One who was a, you could say, a leader of God, and he doubted. And yet this simple girl coming from a place called Nazareth, just said, how's this going to happen? Like, you know how this works. Like, I'm just saying, this is how it works. So how is this going to happen? And yet the angel says to her, what? There's going to be a supernatural work of God that happens. And see, he began to speak of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. The presence of God, once again, is going to be with you. Think about the Old Testament. The, the, the presence of God was over the tabernacle. The, the presence of God was within the temple in the Holy of Holies. God gave signs to his people as they left Egypt with what? A cloud by day and fire by night. And so we're seeing here that same God that did that in days gone by leading up to this story is the same God that was going to overshadow her through his spirit. 
See, God does that with us. Those of us who have professed faith in Christ, we have his Holy Spirit that lives in us. God's presence resides in us. We are his temples. And so uh, once was one place where certain people met to encounter the presence of God. And you really didn't do that because that was only the high priest that did that. The, then, so anyway, I'm getting off track. My point is the presence of God was with her just like he is with us today. And he wants to do supernatural things in our lives as well. And see, he's going to be the son of God, which again, um, Jesus, the Old Testament, we go back to the Old Testament, Joshua, Yeshua, meaning the Lord saves. So Jesus is coming on the scene. Why? Uh, Jesus says when he's in his ministry, he said, I came to the Jew first. You know, he says, I came to my own people. And even the word says he came to his own, and his own received him not. And yet when he died for the sin of the world, he made available to all. So the Lord saved me from destruction, from eternal separation from him. But it all began by an angel encountering a young woman. And we're going to see what she does here in a minute. Because again, fear, assurance, assignment. So check this out. The angel says to her, what's, what's going to stop any of this? So you say, this is going to happen this way. But then the angel says, nothing that God says ever fails. Man, could you, could you imagine in the world that we live in having guarantees like that? <laughs> you know, like when you go buy an item and they say, hey, do you want that two-year plan? And you're like, nah, I don't need it. You know, and a month later you drop it or you break it, especially with phones. Like, did you get the insurance? No. But God's word never fails. The angel says, that's all you need to know. What comfort? I don't know about you, but that brings me comfort. Because I know that as we've been going through the 30 days of prayer, I know as I've been praying, there's things that I'm anxious about for the launch, which is in two weeks, by the way. Okay, I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited, but I'm, I'm nervous too. But, but let's, let's be real. And so there's, there's things I'm anxious about. There's things I'm fearful about. The, not just fearful about the launch. Like, take this the right way. Fearful about what's it look like afterwards. Like, God, you know, I want to be sustainable with this. I want to see, but my point is, is that God keeps reminding me, do not be afraid because what I've asked you to do, I'm going to accomplish it. So if you think you're going to do it, then it's going to fail. But if you partner with me and do it, it'll be accomplished. So we can live with that truth. We can live with that truth. Jesus said in Luke 18, 27, he says, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so when we have uncertainties, when we have doubts, when we have questions, maybe you have to ask yourself, what am I unsure of? What recently am I unsure of? What, what is it that maybe in the future that I'll be unsure of? That I'm not, not really, really hanging on to what God has said. Because uh, as I shared with a friend of mine this week, a lot of times when we fear, we're asking what if. When we choose to live by faith, we're saying even if. So this is where we are here because again, impossible is not in God's vocabulary. It's not, it's in our vocabulary, right? So again, as we as a small, small group of people coming together to push back darkness in Norristown for the kingdom of God, we're saying, God, it's possible with you. It's not possible with us because we'll mess it up every time. And so that's what we need to understand here that God chose Mary for an assignment and that God assured her with her curiosity. 
And so the third thing we see here in your notes is that Mary responded in faith. Mary responded in faith. Let's look together at verse 38. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Wow. Could you imagine if we had a heart like Mary at times? Not saying you have to be Mary. I'm just saying a heart like Mary to say, I'm yours. Right? Because many times, I don't know about you, but I pray sometimes, Lord, may my will be done and you need to change some circumstances and situations in order that happen rather than saying, God, your will be done. Wow, that's some heavy stuff. Um, But why do I say that? Because Mary, we don't see her saying, you know, you picked the wrong girl. You know, uh, I'm not going to be able to do this for you, God. Not only that, what does Mary, what does Mary um, also do? Is, is that because she says she's the Lord's servant, then the excuses have gone out of the way. Think about that for a second. When you and I say yes to God and even don't know what the next step is, that's okay because we've taken the excuses out of the way. Because it's easy to make excuses, isn't it? It's easy to give the reasons why we shouldn't do something or couldn't do something. And yet Mary says, I'm yours, God. I'm yours. Again, a 12 to 14 year old girl just saying, I'm yours, God. I'm willing to to follow through with what you've asked me to do. Because she believed in her heart of hearts that, that God was going to do something in her life that was beyond her capacity. Have you ever done anything that's beyond your capacity? Like, you know, have you ever thought like, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, or I don't have the education or this and that and the third? Yeah, we all do. But yet what God says is that I just want you to respond in faith. I don't want you to respond in excuses. And that's when I can work. Because the last thing Mary says in verse 38, it says, may your word be accomplished. And when I thought about that, may your word be accomplished. Okay, so she has the encounter with the angel. Think about this for a second. What happens after that? She goes back to her everyday life. Think about that for a moment. Because there's nine months of pregnancy. Right? The bump's going to start showing. The community, as we said, in that day and time was shame and honor. And she's probably thinking, what about Joseph? Not even knowing that Joseph had an encounter with an angel too. Right? So I don't, I don't think they would have been together yet to go, did you? Did you? What? But what I'm trying to get at is like my family. What about my, am I going to lose my friends? What about Joseph? He's going to have to make some hard decisions. Like, and again, as we talked about that culture in that day and time last week, she, she could be on the outs of the community. She could have possible loss of life for even this coming up. But think about it. She went back to her everyday life, waiting to be married, right? She was pledged to be married. And we said there's a year waiting period, the engagement, if you want to call it in our terms, waiting. So what happened? Nothing. So everything's still the same. But there was a faith piece. So before her encounter with the angel, she was a a girl pledged to be married. And after the encounter with the angel, she was a girl pledged to be married who was pregnant. But God was involved now. God was involved. Think about this. There was a point that happened in Mary's life where she made a decision to follow God. And that point was in between the before and the after. Because again, like a a 12 to 14 year old girl, having this happen to her, maybe she had insecurities. 
Maybe she was uncertain. You know, any 12 to 14 year old girl is probably like that anyway, just like last week with Joseph, you know, full of acne or what, you know, again, just, just everyday teenage stuff. And yet she says, I'm going with God. And when Mary does that, think about this. It's a picture of what? Commitment and obedience. She put aside what she felt. She put aside what was going to come at her because there was a point. Why do I keep saying this word point? Because, because again, when she listened to God, she responded in faith. For you and I who are followers of Christ, guess what? There was a point where we listened to God and responded in faith. And when we, we go back to our point and where God changed our lives, guess what? We can look at it and say, now I live for something greater than myself. I live for the kingdom of God. And, and not only that, I have true peace. People may say they have peace, but I have peace that can go beyond any understanding, right? Here, here let, me, let me tell you a, a quick story. A friend of mine was going for routine um, outpatient surgery for some sinus issues. And when they began to look, they found that he had an aggressive form of cancer. And um, it was like a shock, right? It was like, you never know what you're gonna wake up to. You never know what phone call you're gonna get. But yet a few days later, after he was, he was diagnosed, he went on social media and shared. He said, you know, the greatest gift I could ever get this year was my cancer. And I'm sitting there going, what? Are you serious? But he talked about the peace that he had, and he talked about the people in his life that he said, if you're unsure, if God's real, if you're unsure to follow Christ, he said, I want you to look at the comments that I have here on my, on my social media feed. I wish you could see the emails. I wish you could see the text of people who are, who are behind me and supporting me and praying that God's will be done. And he said, at the end of the day, whether it, it goes away or it doesn't, I know that I'm going to be with Jesus. And you can have that too. And I'm just sitting there like going, unbelievable. That's a true peace that he had. Now that's an that's a extreme situation. But any time that we as Christians come and face the realities of the world, we can have true peace. We can have true peace. We don't have to fight with it. We can say, God, I want you in it. I want to respond in faith. And you and I have a faith that's genuine, not just hoping that, you know, that certain team wins or, you know, hoping that, you know, the, the bill is less next month, whatever that may mean, right? True peace just doesn't come through the gifts that we can give one another. It comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And I will say this, that you and I can live with unshakable hope. Hope for a day that we won't have to live in brokenness. We won't have to live in hurt. We won't have to live in all the things that the world offers. We can live in unshakable hope now because of what's to come. But we have to, each of us, respond in faith. Author and speaker Priscilla Shire says this, sometimes the divine intervention of God means breaking allegiance with what you love. And so God interrupted her life. He interrupted Mary's life and said, do you love your, um, what is it? (laughs) Forgetting the word. Oh, do you love your reputation greater than mine? Because again, once that bump started showing, you know people were talking. But yet the assurance she was given was through her relative Elizabeth. Because if you continue to read in Luke chapter one, it says, and when Mary shows up to visit Elizabeth, it says that, that the baby in, in Elizabeth leapt. And Elizabeth says, you are the one that will be called. Look, let's look together. Verse 40, 40, uh, 46 45, excuse me. It says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Wow. 
Let me read that again because it, 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 it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. What did she say earlier? May what you said be fulfilled. And, and she's being reaffirmed by her relative that you are the one. You're the one, Mary. You're the one that God has chosen to bring about the Savior of the world. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, as we move forward as a church and as individuals, like 2019 may need to be a year that you respond in faith to things. 2019 may be a year where you need to break away from things because you're responding in faith to things. You know, I, I put it here in my notes. 2019 might mean you need to break away from some nouns, persons, places, and things. There may be some people that you need to break away from. There may be some places that you go to in your head or, or physically go to or things that you get involved with that God's saying, I want you to respond in faith rather than what you think is best. And you can begin to do that today with God's help. So we see this, this teenage girl God chose. He assured her with her uncertainty and he gave her the assignment. He was just waiting for her response to respond in faith. So I asked the question, what does it mean to live uncomfortable? I mean, if you think about her life, do you think it was comfortable after that? Probably not. And not even after, I mean, not just through the nine months, but after Jesus was born, there's that child. You, you, know, you know about Jesus over there. She says he's the savior of the world. Joseph, what were you thinking, man? Seriously? Not even your kid uncomfortable so for you and I how do we live uncomfortable first thing I want to share with you in your notes is that break away from normal break away from normal and I'm going to explain that in just a second because when we break away from normal we have to begin to think about what are our everyday rhythms and routines so I'm not saying here quit your job <laughs> I'm not saying what I'm trying to say is like think about those rhythms and routines that you have and ask the question, is Jesus a part of my patterns and flows? Is he a part of it? Is he in my everyday? Am I, able to, am I able to talk to him in the moments that I need him most? Whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether when you're alone. Do you see what I'm saying? Is he a part of that? That's what I'm trying to say if I break away from normal. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, hold on to Christ. Hold on to Christ. Break away from normal, what you think is right, and see what God says is best. That's what I mean with, when it comes to break away from normal. Jesus wants to be in every part of your life. And when you allow him to be a part of every aspect, he's never going to let you down. That's what I've learned in my own life. And there's st still things that I have to hold unswervingly to that I don't. But he keep, continues to show me where Christ is a normal part of it. And it's, and it's, again, saying yes when God asks us to do something that makes no sense. Think about that for a second. Has he ever asked you to do something that makes no sense? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but when he does, are you willing to respond in faith? So break away from normal. The second is remember who has the last word. Remember who has the last word. In other words, if God said that he'll accomplish something, he'll do it. You realize that he will do it. It's just like going back to the guarantee. 
if I don't get that coverage for my phone and it breaks, guess what? That's on me. But when I get that insurance, that's that security knowing that if anything goes wrong, I can go back to the source of the coverage. And it's just like with Christ. I know I can go to him because he has the last word. He had the last word on the cross when he said it is finished. Come Lord Jesus. And so he has the last word in our lives as well. And, and what I'm learning day after day is to live in the truth that he has spoken to me. And that's the same for us. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Again, if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. That's what faith is, folks. Believing in the unseen. Believing that he will do what he says he will do. In other words, when we feel like nothing's happening at times in our lives, guess what? God's still working. Why? Because he still has the last word. He still has the last word. Listen, if God could bring Jesus to the world the way that he did, don't you think he could work supernatural things in your life? Yes, he can. He can do that. Like, think about it. Again, the people of Israel, God's people wanted that Messiah warrior king. And then a baby shows up. So the Messiah came, and, and if you think about it, it's still delayed because Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30. But they still wanted a warrior. They still wanted someone to overthrow their oppressors. They say, we're tired of generations of oppression. Jesus says, I got that. I got that. Why? Because I have the last word. And he'll have the last word when sin and death have already been conquered, but then it's going to be taken away. And we're going we're gonna to loud him for eternity. Isn't that exciting? Why? Because he has the last word. There is nothing God can't do in your life. But remember, we have to do our part. We can't sit there and go, well, God, I don't understand why this isn't happening. Well, have you done the last thing I told you to do about that? Oh, no. Well, then, well, hello. It's sitting right here waiting for you. That supernatural thing is right here. I want to do in you. Remember, he wants to do greater things in us before he wants to do great things through us. That's the maturity. That's growing in faith. The more we respond, the more we mature, as we learned last week. And um, when I think about interruptions, I think about being a father again. And I remember when we lived in Canada, we were helping friends move. And our friends had a trampoline in the backyard. And so Emily kept going, Daddy, can we go in the trampoline? I was like, Daddy's helping with the moving. Come up again a little bit. Daddy, can we? All right, let's go. (laughs) I'm just so frustrated by this point. And so we get on the trampoline, and she just lays down. And I was like, so you want to jump? You want to do? No. You've got to be kidding me. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I just laid down next to her. I said, so why did you want to get on the trampoline? Like, we can jump. We can have fun. She said, Daddy, I just wanted to be with you. And, you know, that was, a, that was a powerful moment because when I think about how God interrupts our lives, like, allow him to do that. Because sometimes we try to do all these things for God, and we're not even doing it for God. We're doing it for us yeah. and saying it's for him. Yeah. That's why we have to be careful when we start, you know, we move forward to every week. This isn't for us. I'm not looking to make my name, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not looking to... You know what I'm saying? And I've said this many, many times before, but I'm trying to get at, let God interrupt your lives. Let him do that. 
respond with faith because sometimes he wants to take us beyond our limits to trust him. That's what he'll do. When you go, God, I believe. I trust that you'll do it. Boom. Then he puts it right there in front of you and go, all right, how much do you trust me? (laughs) And let him interrupt your life. Maybe there's some things in your life that God wants to birth. Not a physical birth, but maybe there's things that he wants to birth in your life that speak of, of greater faith in your life. That would maybe cause ridicule. That would maybe bring about like, what are, you, what are you doing? I don't understand that. Why would you even to give you opportunity to share the hope that you have? Because when we follow Christ, he has chosen us to do great things. Let me say that again. You and I have been chosen by God as followers of Christ to do great things. In the everyday, yep, he wants to do great things through you. In the mundane, yep, he wants to do great things. So don't think it has to be all about the hype and the hoopla. Like, that used to be me starting this church. I'm like, I want to be big. I want to be. That's not what I asked you to do. I've asked you to love the people who are right in front of you. Wow, that's great. That's great. And, and look what it's brought. It's brought about a, a, a tight knit. Not that we, we isolate, but just to say that we created this and we don't want to forget that. Because if God chooses to grow this, we want to continue this. Are you with me? So, so that's what I'm trying to get at. Because he wants to birth something in us and in our lives. Because he wants to do great things for us. And let me ask it this way as we close. When you look at your life, what are you trusting God to do? That if he fails, you're in trouble. You don't have to answer that. I want you to think about that. Because um, he won't fail. So what are you trusting God to do? That if you failed, you're in trouble. That's how we can live, is by faith go, your word will never fail. You will come through because you're the one who makes it all happen. And all he wants is all of us just to say, I just want to be with you. The things we'll get to, but I just want you. So Father, I thank you.